Happy Friday, everybody, and welcome to your favorite Madman podcast, hosted by me. It's Friday, which means it's another handsome episode of Made Man, the podcast where we go through every single episode of Mad Men. No research, no preparation, watch the show, hit record, and I just finished watching episode 5 of season 5, Far Away Places. And let me tell you, these faraway places in this episode are literative, literative, that's not a right word, literate, I think it might be, they're figurative and literative. Oh my God. Both my parents were teachers, and my father was an English major, and the fact that I cannot say words, I can just feel him peering at me right now. It's because he's right there. Go away, old man. Anyway, folks, this was a, this was a fun episode because it was like the unconventional narrative and by that I mean I like when shows and it's nothing original I've seen it in other things but I like when shows play with the story mechanism it's not story A story B story A story C back to B and you know it's all kind of happening linear this was non-linear um, unconventional overlapping stories three different stories but all kind of happening happening simultaneously and uh, overlapping and then we see it from different angles and I always love that uh, because then it's like oh that happened and oh that happened and uh, like the, there was a whole season of Arrested Development on Netflix that did that where they told an episode each episode was told by one character's perspective and you'd see the different things happening at different angles in different episodes you know all the way from the first to the end this obviously is on a much smaller scale and we start off with Miss Peggy Olson. She is um, waking up in the morning after um, I, spending the night with her boyfriend. And all she can think about is Heinz, 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 Heinz. You know, she is just solely focused on work. It's, it's consuming her to the point where her boyfriend is kind of like he feels used. He feels second class. And he's pissed, and he's pissed at her, and he basically tells her to have a shitty day, uh, which she seems to do. So she, all she can think about is his presentation. She gets to work, presentation, presentation, presentation. Um, you know, Ginsburg is there. She she notices him having a conversation, and that he's she's like, oh, I, I had a very similar conversation. He's like, no, I don't think so. My yours was private. Um, he was probably talking to his dad. I'm sure he was. He was. We'll get there. Um, oh, was it his dad? And then we see Stan. It's Stan, right? I'm going to go with Stan. We see Stan come in, and he's upset he's late. Uh, and then we see Megan come in, and they're all getting ready for the Heinz uh, presentation. Don Draper pops in. Megan pops out. They come back in together, and Don's like, we have to go. We have to go up to do this uh, thing at, at uh, Howard Johnson's. Megan's going to have to come with us. Sorry. You got... And... Um, um, uh, Peggy was all, you know, ready for this presentation, but she was really focused on, she was really counting on Don being there. Uh, and she, like Don gave her this candy 
from her first presentation. And it seems like she can't do a presentation without this candy. She was like, that's what she was worried about in the morning. Couldn't find the candy. Couldn't find the candy. She finally found the candy and it was just superstitious. Um, and she, all, after all that, Don's not even going to be at the presentation. They're, they're off, you know, doing something for Howard Johnson's. So that leaves Peggy and Stan to lead the presentation. Ken Cosgrove is in there with the people from Heinz and it's all about those friggin' baked beans again. I love, I love when Peggy's in presentation mode. She's very much like just a warm voice and she's explaining to you that um, this is the kid children or teenagers are sitting around a fire and it's brought them together. The beans have brought them together. Home is where the Heinz is. It's comfort. And I love when Peggy does that. And she was so believable and she was so proud of this. And that douche from Heinz is like, I don't know. Uh, he, he just wants to grab teenagers. <laughs> That's what he wants. And he's like, teens don't have, you know, these kind of thoughts. Old people have these thoughts about being teens. And, and Peggy basically was done with his BS and tore him. Not really tore him, but kind of was like, you like this. It's good. You know, and she's like, Don signed off on this. That's what the guy said. And Ken Peggy's like, yeah, Don loves this. She was basically done with having to um, do this garbage. I mean, she has worked on this so long with all of them, Ginsburg and, and Stan. They've all worked on this, even Megan. And, you know, now Megan's not even there and they don't like it. And it just doesn't it didn't go as well as she thought and she yells at him and blah 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 and she basically yells at the client you know and this is what this is what you want fine and then the client leaves angrily he's like if you're lucky I have a daughter the way you're talking to me because how dare a woman speak to me that way I'm in charge of beans and relish and pickles and the guy leaves and there he's out there shaking hands with people and um you know, she tells Stan, she's like, oh, just come up with a jingle for uh, stupid, the stupid singing beans and I'll write the the words or something like that. So basically they're going to give the guy whatever they want, but they're not because Pete opens the door and says, you're off the, uh, you're off the account. And she said, who says who <laughs> said he, uh, the Heinz guy says he wants you off the account. So she's like, all this work I'm doing for Heinz. Screw this. And she starts to leave. And Don, and Bert Cooper's outside. He's like, oh, another person leaving early and, or something. Or another person always coming and going. She's like, I'm going to the movies. She just said it like, I don't give a crap what anybody says. I'm going to the movies. Her boyfriend wanted to take her to this movie with that had lines and stuff in it. I don't know anything about it. I just, I'm assume. I'm assume. That's not a word. I assume, and I'm sure, that it is a well-known movie. I just am not aware of it. So she goes there by herself just to watch this movie, just to clear her head. Uh, and she, this dude is behind her. He lights up a cigarette, but it's not a cigarette. It's a marijuana joint. Marijuana joint is um, an illegal drug. Well, I guess I'm in Massachusetts, so now I think it's legal. But uh, in the 60s, the Mary Jane was quite the illegal uh, weed um, I'm trying to think of all the terms of some guy who really doesn't know anything about what he's talking about. Uh, it's it's drugs. 
this guy is smoking drugs in the movie theater, and Peggy's like, you're going to get in trouble. And all he said was, you want some? And she's like, ah, why not? Takes a hit off the joint. Next thing you know, the guy comes around, sits next to her, and they're smoking and giggling and smoking and watching this movie, and Peggy's being a little too loud. And then the guy puts his hand on her knee, and she's like, uh-oh. And he moves the hand up the knee a little bit. And she's like, I don't think so. So she takes his, his hand off her uh, knee and puts her hand in his crotchal region. And he's like, what? So he leans over for a kiss. And she's like, no, no, no. Just watch the movie. Unbuckles his pantaloons. And all you see is her, I'm assuming she was giving a massage or churning butter. I can't tell exactly what she was doing. You couldn't see her hand, but she was basically giving the dude a handy in the movie theater. Some stranger she didn't know. It was almost like, I mean, was it like a power play? Kind of like, a, like, you know what? I'm just fed up with my boyfriend. I'm fed up with my job. I'm going to have, I'm going to take control of this, this, this high dude right here. Give him a wackadoodle and, you know, nothing else. Just... I'm in control. Boom. And next thing you know, she's in the bathroom washing her hands. No biggie. Goes back to work. And there she sees um, Ginsburg with uh, his dad. And the dad's there because he's proud of his son. He wants to see him. And Ginsburg's like, you're not supposed to be here and all these things. And, and then Peggy walks in, meets the dad. She goes, oh, I didn't know. Uh, I work with Ginsburg. And she says, uh, the, the old guy's like, I'm the original. He just seems like a nice guy proud of his son uh and later on they're in the um oh um wait how did this happen so oh yeah so she goes into don's office because no one's there to take a nap and next thing you know hours go by and don the secretary wakes her up and she's like it's 8 30 oh you can go she gets a call from don draper frantically um and she's like hello and don says did anybody call here did anybody call you? She's like, what? Did anyone call? No, nobody called. I, you know, I blew it with the hindsight. I take full responsibility. And Don's like, okay, I got to go. Boom, clicks. And we're like, what the hell is that about? And that, it didn't quite hit me what was going on yet. And then we see, um, she's like, oh, that's weird. She goes into her office and she's typing up some notes. And Ginsburg is still there working late. And she sparks up a conversation. She's like, you know, I, I was nice to meet your father. I didn't know you had family. And he's like, I don't. I'm actually, you know, he's not my real father. I'm from Mars. It was a little weird because it's almost like I think this was his way of coping with something. Because he said, you know, this guy, you know, says he's my father. Or he found me when I was five, I think he said. So I don't know if it's his adopted father or if this was all part of his weird story. It's a weird thing because he says I'm part of, um, I was born in a concentration camp. And he found me in, uh, in an orphanage in Sweden and um, something like that. And when I was five, I think is what he said. But that that's not possible. But if you do the time of the 60s, this guy's in his 20s. Uh, it all kind of, you know, time-wise, I guess it makes sense. And But he keeps going on and saying, you know, I'm, I'm actually from Mars. And, you know, it's hard finding people like me. You know, uh, I was given one mission and that's to stay here. It was almost, you know, I don't believe this guy really thinks he's an alien. I think he's basically saying, I'm different. I'm just different from people. Um, you know, this family isn't even really me. You know, it's just, I, I there are other different people like me, 
but I'm just different and I'm weird and I know it. And that's just, you know, um, maybe I'll find more people like me. And I don't know if he was reaching out and being like, Peggy, you like me. Cause I feel Peggy was frustrated with work, frustrated with her boyfriend. And she was almost feeling like, yeah, I'm, I'm different too. She goes home and calls her boyfriend and she's like, can you come over? He's like, oh, now you need me? She goes like, I always need you. And she tells him the story of, of the the guy who says he was born in a concentration camp, but that can't be true. And their boyfriend's like, no, that, that, that could have happened. And she's like, come over now. And basically she just, I think she didn't want to be alone. I just hope that she really did wash that hand. And that was really kind of the end of Peggy's story. And we didn't know what was going on until, and then he reached for a drink. Put the drink back down and then and then got back to podcasting. Uh, we didn't know exactly what was happening because we flip over and now we are with um, Roger. And this was the best part of the whole show. This was the most enjoyable part, the Roger story. Um, Roger is um, planning. He wants to get to this Howard Johnson's to go... And I'm thinking, oh, more Howard Johnsons? I literally thought this was another Howard Johnson thing. He's like, he takes on a map. He's like, we can go here and look, we're not too far away from Lake George, I think he said. Is that what he said? Lake George? Because I have a family that lived near there. Um, and then he says, uh, oh, and, and, and Don's like, oh, it's not too far away from Montreal. I'll take Megan. You can take, you can take June. We can go together. And Roger's like, haha, very funny. Basically, he wanted to go check out that Howard Johnson's tear it up as two dudes two cool dudes living it up in the small town and instead Don took it as an ex as an excuse to go spend time with Megan so it wasn't until um, Don went down you know so we saw that and um, he leaves and Roger's like oh next next thing you know he goes and tells Megan um no, no. He takes off, and Roger's like, that was a terrible idea. We don't see anything else from that that perspective, except Don says to his secretary, Don, clear my whole weekend. That was the key. That was the moment when he says, clear my whole weekend. Now we see Roger in an elevator with his wife. He is going to a party that he does not want to go to. And you can see his wife's not even happy. She's all decked to the nines. She looks great. Um, he, You know, he, I mean, he married her probably because she was young and hot and not his previous wife and made him feel young but that got old quick with with old roger sterling and now she's in the elevator not very happy because all he she's like what do you just want to stay home and watch tv and stare at the yell at the television and he's almost like oh i am an old guy now aren't i uh and they end up going to a party of intellectuals that rogers didn't want to be with and they're talking and being all this existential and all this mumbo jumbo and then they're like, all right, let's, uh, you guys ready to turn on? And Roger's like, yeah, we're ready to turn in. So have a great night. And June's like, what are you talking about? Or Jane's like, what are you talking about? Um, you know, it's, uh, we're, we're here to do LSD. Roger's like, what? She goes, you never listen to me. So they sit down at a table. They each get a, a, a note that says they write their name, their address, and, um, and says, please help me. And then they're given a sugar cube with LSD. One couple of chickens on and leaves. And it's like three different couples. 
one of them the husband doesn't do it so he can kind of guide people through one of them is a doctor and then there's two other people and uh, Roger takes the sugar cube time goes by and he's like I don't feel anything and then he gets up opens up a uh, a bottle of, uh, of liquor and an orchestra plays and he's like huh he closes it the music goes off opens it the, uh, the music plays and he starts giggling and then he goes and smokes a cigarette and the cigarette like sucks in almost like um, like a party favor kind of like a one of those blow things uh, and it's all these weird things start happening you know June uh, Jane starts um, being like my arm I can't you know she can't really feel her arm and then Roger is like um, starts looking at a magazine and seeing uh, an ad with a guy with gray hair on one side and black hair on the other side and, and which side makes him look old and, he, and then he looks in the mirror and he sees the black hair himself and he just starts you know it's just a real trippy moment and it looks like his big worry is getting old and being old uh, then they we see them in a cab and they're just kind of like they look completely freaked out like what the hell is going on they go back home they're taking a bath together. He's seeing, he's seeing like visions of the of the nineteen nineteen World Series. Then they're they're dressed in robes with, like, uh, with towels wrapped in the hair together, and they just started having conversations. And it just kind of goes into, um, you know, that woman's my doctor. She said, and he's like, yeah, I I, I knew that, but I don't think you told me that. Uh, but I figured it. And then she opens up about this being over and us not being together and he's like yeah yeah he goes I I was wondering how I was going to come up I figured I was wondering if you were waiting for me to do it or if you were going to do it and they were just kind of nonchalantly talking about breaking their marriage up and he's like this is really great and she's like um, I thought you liked me and he's like I used to I, I really used to and it was like it was sad um, seeing a marriage kind of disappear like that that you know I mean it was a weird marriage to start in the first place but seeing it actually disintegrate and then um, we get to the the next day and Roger's like hey it was a you know that was really interesting how things went she's like yeah she's like, so, he's like so I'll just to make things easier I will go to a hotel and she's like what are you talking about because you don't remember last night you, you were, she goes are you breaking up with me he goes no we're breaking up with each other she's like what are you talking about and he explains to her, didn't, you know, you said these things. She's like, I never said those things. Didn't you say your doctor said that you were waiting to end things or something like that? She's like, oh, I did say that, didn't I? And then they just kind of, you know, feel sad for each other. Roger goes to give her a kiss on the head. She pulls away. And it's basically over. That is the end of the uh, Roger, Roger um, thing. So, um, the next thing we see is, I want to know what the transition is. I feel like it should be Dawn. I mean, I just watched the episode, but I already forget the specifics. But basically, we're back in the office and Dawn says, Dawn, I need you to hold, to, to clear out my schedule throughout the weekend. The exact same thing he said before. And I'm like, wait a second. And then he walks down the hall, and you hear Rogers like, I, I should have never said anything. The same thing that happened before. Now we're seeing it from Rogers' perspective. And I'm like, oh, wait. So we saw 
Peggy, but then we saw Roger. Now we're seeing Don's perspective of what is going on. And then he goes and grabs Megan. And then I realize, wait a second. We're seeing what Don did with Peggy before. Oh, my goodness. All of this happened at the same time. That was when it dawned on me. That's the first time it dawned on me. It was at that moment where Don um, grabbed Megan, says, we're going to Howard Johnson. She's like, I need to work. And Don's like, you don't have to work. He goes, you, this is part of your work. You know, this is the perks of being my wife. And they go into the office to say, you know, we're taking Megan for the day. Go off to Howard Johnson's. Megan's in the car. And Don's going on and on about orange sherbet. And she's never had it before. And she was really, she felt a little bad about work. And he's like, you're worried about work? Don't worry about work. And that started the trouble in the first place. Uh, they get to the Howard Johnson's and the, the red carpet's rolled out for them because they're trying to impress uh, Don and, and get their business, I think, or something. I don't know exactly how what, what the thing was. Um, but uh, they tried all different food and they tried the sherbet and Megan didn't like the sherbet. And Don was like, what do you mean you don't like the sherbet? And then Megan was really, this is what happened. Megan's like, so... I can't talk. I can't worry about work until you tell me I can worry about work. I can't. I can't work until you tell me to work. And Don was pissed about that. They got in a big fight, and Don um, got in the car and left. And he drove down the road a little bit, turned around, came back. Megan's gone. He is freaked out. He's looking everywhere. He's calling this, and then Boomy calls to the office. Peggy. Have you heard anything? Did anybody call? And then she, you can hear her say, uh, you know, I screwed up. I take full responsibility as he hangs up because he's just like, where the hell is my wife? He found her sunglasses in the parking lot. He said someone said that she went off with some guys and he's like, what the hell is going on? He freaks out. He sits, he sits there for hours until a police officer is like, you, you know, sir, you shouldn't be sleeping here in the in the lobby. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. I understand. Uh, he mentions the wife. The guy says, you know, I can't in this whole area. I'll keep an eye out. He's like, thank you. And he drives home. And then we get a uh, a um, shot of a flashback of them driving back from Disney World. And this is when Megan, I think this is when, um, this is when, like, right after the Don Ashton to marry her, I think. Because um, he's all, he's Sally and, and Bobby, the new Bobby. The third Bobby is in the back. Uh, Sally says, you know, when are we going to get her? Oh, where are we going? We're taking you back to your house. She's like, I don't want to go there. I don't want vacation to be over. Don's like, me neither, but you have to go there, blah, blah, blah. And um, Megan's all smiles, but she definitely looks younger. I don't think she's, she. I feel like she was wearing less makeup. Something just made her look younger, a little different. And Don start whistling, starts whistling, I want to hold your hand by the Beatles. She's like, I thought you hate that song. He's like, it's stuck in my head now. Uh, you know, that's the newfangled music that the kids like. Um, and obviously Megan likes. And I think he was just all excited and all, you know, thrilled to be engaged and getting married. Um, but it didn't, um, it was just a flashback. And he ended up going home, going back to his apartment because he didn't know what the hell to do. Goes to open the door of the apartment and there's a chain on the door. And he's like, Megan, you're in there. And she's like, I'm not, go away. I'm not opening up. Go away. And then he kicks open the door. And he's like, I thought you were dead. I didn't know where you went. She goes, you left me 
and I was I was took a bus ride for six hours. Then I had to get a cab in the morning. And you, do you know how people th- uh, think I'm soliciting? They want to you know proposition me instead of giving me a ride. And she's pissed at him, and she's like, "Get out of here!" And then she he gets close to try to like hug her. He, she hits him with a brush, and then he grabs her, and then she runs. And it it was a little scary, I must say. Like Don, it scared me a little bit. He didn't he didn't hit her. He was a little rough, but he did intimidate me, and he did make me a little uncomfortable. And you know, John Ham can be can be friggin' scary. Like when you see John Ham as um, this you know funny guy on other shows, or like uh, the bearded with his scarf watching the Blues beat my Bruins in the oh, Stanley Cup Finals. That still stings. Um, you know, you see this kind of uh, artist, lighthearted, fun guy, but he can be dark and Don Draper is you know can is mostly dark he's not really a light guy I mean he's a pretty deep heavy uh, weighed down guy and you could just see like he was he was actually upset about thinking that he lost her but he got all pissed and he chased her and it was a little scary and then he grabbed her and they both fall down and he's like I, I was a fight I'm sorry and she goes Every little fight breaks, you know, breaks us down a little bit. He goes, it's over. She's like, no, every little fight breaks us down a little bit, which I don't know. That seems naive to me. I mean, you know, you could have a fight with your wife. And I mean, I've been married now, bloop, 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 doing the calculation, do 19 years. And uh, I don't know, maybe I had a, a fight with my wife 18 years ago that, that you know, because I forgot to. Uh, clean something or didn't clean something. It's more like I didn't clean something because that is very realistic. Um, I don't think um, she cared about that. Of course, I never left her at a Howard Johnson's and she never had to take a bus ride home. So those kind of fights might be something that um, that could weigh on a, a couple. But um, you could see that she then she gave a he gave her a hug. He's like, I thought I lost you. And kind of like hugged her at his knees. And she patted his head almost like, there, there. I'm, I'm still here. Uh, and then we see them the next day going to work. And they're all smile. Not really all smiles. It's like they're kind of just, you know, just next to each other. And Megan um, turns to um, him and gives him a smile. Almost like, okay, have a good day. Um, I'm okay. Even though she's not happy, happy, she kind of put on a smile for him, and he put on a smile. Went over to see Don, his secretary, and there was a advertising thing, and it was a brazier, and it just said "Do over" in red. And she's like, "What?" He's like, "What is this?" She said, "Oh, Mr. Cooper dropped this off. He's in the conference room." He's like, "Bird Cooper?" He goes in there. He goes, "What the hell is this?" He goes, "One of our clients left very upset the other day, uh, and I think he was upset about something with Peggy." He said. You have a young girl running this or something. And I don't think it was his wife. I think it was Peggy he was talking about. And Bert's like, uh, he goes, you're too busy being, uh, uh, you know, newlywed or something. You know, you're not doing anything around here. And Don, Don's like, that's none of your business. And Bert says, it, it actually is my business. Bert walks out and we just see the back of Don and it's almost like, he, I think he's sitting there going, Jesus, what have I been doing? You know, running around doing this. You know, am I letting things slip? I think that's what was going through his head. 
as he just saw a few people walk by. He sees Peggy walk by and give a little nod. It's like, this business is all happening around me. What am I doing? And then Roger pops in the room and just says, uh, it's a beautiful day. He goes, did you hear the news? It's a beautiful day. And then he walks out. I laughed out loud at that because all the sadness that happened to Don, and really when you think about it, the sadness that happened to Peggy, or the not the but just the negativity, and then the weirdness and ultimately sadness that happened to Roger. Roger comes out, you know, smiling. He's like, "I'm out of this marriage." He's happy. He's in a good mood. You'd think he'd be sad. Nope, he's pleased. And I, that made me laugh out loud. I, you know, I may have woken my wife up laughing at that because that was great. Um, and I have to be honest. Seeing this, seeing Roger break up with his wife, all I thought was, go to her, Roger. Go to Joan. She has your child. Go to her. Please. Uh, I know. That's not right. I almost feel like Roger shouldn't get what he wants. Shouldn't get what he thinks he wants. I mean, he got what he thought he wanted when he had Jane. And he was not faithful to Jane. He was not faithful to his first wife. Um, and who's, why would you think he'd be faithful to Joan? I don't know. But it's just something about those two kids. Something about it. Um, I don't know. I'm holding out hope Holding out hope for love. Um, so I'm trying to think, what did we learn in this episode? It was really just that Roger took LSD, tripped out, and then got divorced. Or is separating. Uh, Don, you know, I think Megan wants to be seen more seriously. Wants to, uh, you know, she wants to work her job. She wants to earn her job. And she doesn't want to just be taken away because Don says, oh, you don't have to work now, but now we can talk about work, but now you can't. She wants to be taken more seriously. And, um, you know, we'll see what happens between the two of them. Um, and Peggy just kind of had a it was almost like a I can't think of the word but like a, a, just had a moment of my work is good this work is good you suck Mr. Hines I know that's not his name but um, and my boyfriend needs to get off my back wait I like him again come on over and d please if if my arm seems tired it has nothing to do with me going to the movie theater um, I feel like I feel like I covered everything we saw Pete for a second. We didn't see Joan. We didn't see Betty Francis. Um, we didn't really, you know, we saw um, uh, Ken for a moment. Keep writing, Ken, because you're the best. Um, I feel like I covered everything. You know, uh, Bert was just, Bert was there. It was almost like Bert was the... Um, like the Jiminy Cricket of that episode. Like he was there to see, what are you doing there, Peggy? And Peggy's like, I'm going to the movies. And then she's, he's there to say, what are you doing, uh, Don? He didn't say that to Roger. Interesting. He wasn't there for Roger. And I wonder if I'm just looking into this too much, but he was there. Oh, but you know what? Roger did see him. He had a, he was tripping out. And at one point he looked down at the dollar bill or his, whatever it was, a $20 bill. And he saw, uh, he saw Bert's face on it. So wait, Bert was part of uh, Roger's story. And maybe that's a weird thing where it's like he sees Bert 
as important. He sees Bert as uh, presidential, or he just sees Bert as money. Bert is money. Cooper is money. Um, you know, I get my money because of him. I wonder. I wonder. I wonder. I wonder. But a cool episode. A lot of big things happen. A lot of fun moments. Uh, and it was just like seeing everyone kind of out of their comfort zone. Well, the big three, at least Peggy, Roger, and Don, out of their comfort zones for a moment. Well, Don wasn't really out of his comfort zone um, as much as he just had some uncomfortable moments um, where he just felt helpless. And I feel like I covered it. So it's called Faraway Places. That's the, the episode title. And, I mean, Peggy went to watch, went to see a show, a movie about Africa, Faraway Places, talked to uh, uh, Ginsburg about um, concentration camps, Faraway Places. And um, I feel like she didn't go anywhere, really, but she kind of had her own little adventure um, where she probably wants to just go far away, far away from all these friggin' people. Roger, well, Don went far away, went up to upstate to Howard Johnson's, um, and then at one point, him and Megan were far away from each other, uh, and Roger, he went, he just went far out, man. He just went, he went to another plane of existence, man. Uh, he just, you know, tripped the trip out, which was fun as hell. And I think I've covered it. I think that's it. Well, this isn't, you know, got a little over half an hour. Not too bad. Not too bad. I feel I talked a lot in the last episode, um, but I think I covered everything here. And if I miss something, eh. Meh, what are you going to do? You get what you pay for. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm getting tired. Folks, I want to <laughs> get what you pay for. Guys, thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Now, before I go, I want to give a little message. Now, before I go, I just want to uh, give a quick word from today's sponsor. Well, wasn't that wonderful? Now, I want to thank you for listening to me. But before I go into speaker voice, I'm going to come back to my normal voice. And I'm going to say, remember, you can find me on Twitter at MadeManPod. Every episode that, um, that comes out, I tweet about it. Every episode that comes out is on our website, which is FansNotExperts.com. You can find us at FansNotExperts.com slash MadeMan. But if you just go to Fans Not Experts, you'll find us there. Fans Not Experts on Twitter. Fans Not Experts on Facebook. Uh, we are everywhere. Facebook, we don't do as much because, you know, I mean, it's only really who's going to see it. My dad and my aunts and friends of my parents. And I'm in my 40s. I'm the young guy on Facebook now. I'm the youngest generation on Facebook, I feel like. Um, but I know lots of people do it. I just don't do it enough. I don't, I don't do enough uh, posting for Fans Not Experts on there. Which is weird because I'm rambling right now, and you don't want to hear this, do you? No, you don't want to hear this. You, you're looking at your at your um, your podcast app now, and you're thinking, "Oh, he's done. I could stop listening." So maybe you already have. Um, but if you did, 
then you're not listening to my voice right now, and you're missing the excitement as I say thank you for listening, and thank you for coming along with me on this adventure as I strive. <clears throat> my voice feels great tonight. Last week it was like I was going to cough, but not tonight. I strive to become a made man. Fans not experts.